talking about the things that matter most to you. Catholic Women Now. Welcome to Catholic Women Now here on Iowa Catholic Radio. I'm Julie Nelson. Good morning. I'm Chris Magruder. How are you doing, Julie? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's uh, it's it's a great day to be alive. Like beautiful you know? fall weather this week. Yes, yes, beautiful it is. Weather. And you know, there's, you know, lately I've been kind of getting a little contemplative in the, my morning routine and thinking, thank you, God, for this day, another day to serve you, another day to honor you, and just I, you know, you just pray that you do that in yes. in a worthily way. Yes. So does that take us in somehow to your truth and beauty segment? Uh, well, I don't know, but I will <laughs> tell you what it is. But you know, let's let's uh, first start with prayer and dedicate okay, this. That's, that's give this. Idea. To the Blessed Mother. Idea. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Can I start? Yes, you I'm sure excited. Can. Yeah, yeah. you like a little so, kid. Well, yeah, because Tuesday was the memorial of Mary's holy name. And I just thought, you know, a lot of people don't know that, but how exciting, you know, Mary's the one who gets to step on Satan's head and finish him. So he's more afraid of her name, even than Jesus's is my, what I have heard from other priests. And I thought, wow, you have a dog named Mary, Julie. I know, I know. And I think about how many times I say the name Mary when she was growing up in the home, yes. right? And yes. she's named after the Blessed Mother. Yes. Yeah. And there's so many people with derivations of Mary in their names. My middle name is Marie. Yep. You know, and there's so many people that are Maria, Marilyn. Mora. You know, yeah, so many. So yeah, beautiful. Thank you, Mary. Yeah. We, we, we praise you, Father, for giving us your mother and her holy name. Amen. 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 That's a beautiful prayer. Well, mine's a whole different kind of segue. segue okay. So which just makes this kind of segment fun, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, I love me a good national story from a sports perspective. And I was reading about the Washington Nationals pitcher, Trevor Williams, and they had uh, the the Nationals had a ladies night, mm-hmm. you know, for the stadium, you mm-hmm. know. And so he decided to invite the sisters, the nuns, to ladies' night. So, he, <laughs> so they got a free invite. They all came to the game. And I thought, oh, how beautiful <laughs> is that? You know, ladies' night. Yeah. And what, it was really cute because one of the little, one of the gals, one of the nuns said something about, um, her name is Sister Chelsea Bethany. I can just see her like, a little perky little nun saying um, she's a daughter of St. Paul. She said, I'm a Nats fan, except when my home team is playing, which is the Baltimore Orioles. And you just hear the joy in that. Can't you? Yeah, a little bit different experience of ladies night than what I think some people think when they think of ladies night. Well, and I think it's just a beautiful antidote to what happened in California, which we won't mention, but with yeah. with. The, the team out there so I think he was just making it was just beautiful yeah like beautiful bringing yeah. good yes. bringing good in there yes. yes. over overcoming some of those yes. things yes well and speaking of good and things and true and beauty we our guest today is Kathleen Beckman and maybe you may have remember her name because she was a speaker at the Iowa Catholic Radio Women's Conference about two years ago yes. on, on spirit- spiritual warfare yes and- they loved her it's great. And she's mm-hmm. written some great books on it. But a little bit about Kathleen. She is uh, uh, LHS is president and co-founder of the Foundation of Prayer for Priests. It's a global apostolate um, of prayer and catechesis for the holiness of priests throughout the um, through spiritual motherhood and fatherhood. And here's an interesting thing. She's an international Catholic evangelist, author, radio host, Ignatian certified retreat director, and she assists priests in the church's ministry of healing deliverance and exorcism 
And she also serves on the Pope Leo XIII Institute, Magnificat, and Radio Maria. And she's featured on Catholic TV, EWTN, um, Catholic Channel. And she hosts a weekly program, which I did not know this about Kathleen. Um, she hosts a weekly program called Eucharist, Mercy, and Saints, which airs internationally on Radio Maria. And she and her husband are business owners, and they have two grown sons and two grand, uh, let's see, grandchildren yet? I don't know. We'll have to ask her. <laughs> and they live in California. So welcome, Kathleen, to Catholic well- Women Now. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be with you. And you are a busy woman. Yeah. Well, you know what? Some of those things I'm no longer doing. I was a radio host for Radio Maria for five years, and I uh, stopped doing that because of so much travel about five years ago. So it's been a while since I've been a radio host because okay. a weekly, a weekly uh, hour-long program was very demanding. That is demanding. We just find our half hour can be demanding here once a week. Here in <laughs> right, <California>. right. <laughs> well, it's great to have you back on the show and thank you for the time today. But we, you have a new book out called Beautiful Holiness, A Spiritual Journey with Blessed Conchita into the into the heart of Jesus. And I, I was not familiar with this Blessed Conchita until I got the email from your publicist about this book. So I'm fascinated by this whole thing, how this came about in writing this book. And so I want to, how were you introduced to Blessed Conchita? Well, Blessed Conchita, she kind of came to me through, I used to have a prayer group in my home and a lot of priests would come and it was a priest that told me and, and gave me a book of her mystical writings for the holiness of priests. So priests that I know were very much touched by her writings. And that's the only aspect of Conchita that I knew for the last 20 years. And then about mm, three or four years ago, um, I was reintroduced to her and I happened to meet the priest who was in uh, the head of her cause for canonization. He was living in Rome when he was heading that up, but now he lived 10 minutes from my house and was offering mass where I go to daily mass. And so um, uh, Father Domenico Raimondo uh, and I met and I asked him to write the book because I knew he was the expert. He was the one putting forth her cause at the Vatican. And I did not realize at the time that English was a second language. Um, and that, and so he kind of, we prayed together, we discerned, and he said, why don't you write it? And I said, but you're the expert. And uh, he said, I'll be at your side. So literally I would visit him um, at the priest uh, retreat center every week and just sit at his feet. And he taught me about this very relevant and beautiful uh, dynamic uh, saint who was, you know, a a wife, a mother, um, mother of nine children, mother of a priest, mother of a nun and her everyday kind of mysticism. So uh, that's how I got to know her. Wow, it was it was really beautiful reading uh, the bits that I got to read about her because I thought, wow, here she was. She was married 22 years by the time she was 39. Yes. I mean, wow, amazing. And then, you know, lived the life of a widow as well. And, you know, all the different, um, I want to say organizations, I'm, things that she began, um, even a, a sisterhood. I mean, amazing. It is well, extraordinary. 
Mm-hmm. I think she, there's a lot of things here in her life that we can relate to as women. And I would like to explore those. Yeah. First, we need to take a little break. You're listening to Catholic Women Now on Iowa Catholic Radio. And when we come back, we'll have more with Kathleen Beckman. Each fall, Intervisions Healthcare hosts a fantastic evening of food and fun with the local Knights of Columbus. Join us as we dance the night away on Saturday, September 16th at Christ the King on the south side of Des Moines. All the proceeds from the catered dinner and auctions benefit the life-affirming work the nursing staff provides to women with unplanned pregnancies. For more information, visit IVHcare.org or give us a call today. We look forward to seeing you on September 16th as we dance for life at Christ the King in Des Moines. Thank you, Intervisions Healthcare, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Catholic Charities of the Diocese of Des Moines, where empowering individuals and strengthening families have been the cornerstone of care for a century. Services for neighbors in need include a food pantry, professional counseling, emergency family shelter, and refugee resettlement. At Catholic Charities, lives are transformed and you can be part of the mission. To learn more about how to help Catholic Charities fulfill Christ's promise of help and hope, visit catholiccharitiesdm.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. Established in Des Moines in 1924, St. Vincent de Paul assists those living in poverty to become self-sufficient by helping to remove roadblocks on their journey out of poverty. St. Vincent de Paul helps with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner reentry. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. The Society of St. Vincent de Paul, svdpdsm.org. Welcome back to Catholic Women Now. You're listening to Chris Magruder and Julie Nelson on Catholic Women Now. And we are talking today with Kathleen Beckman about her book, Beautiful Holiness. And um, the book is really, truly about Blessed Conchita. And so, Kathleen, we were talking earlier. We really need to let our listeners know a little bit about Blessed Conchita's background. Tell us a little bit about her childhood so that um, we all know a little bit more about her. Absolutely. I'm glad you asked that um, because the background and context is very important. First, the title of the book, Beautiful Holiness. A lot of people think that I'm referring to her, but I'm really not. I'm referring to the Lord, Jesus Christ, who is the the Holy One. And His holiness is beautiful. And all of the saints are a reflection of His holiness, right? And so we might ask ourselves, what, what is the relevancy of Blessed Conchita? And I think to put her in the context of the importance in the church, there's a quote from the Vatican that says, Concepcion Cabrera de Armida, known as Blessed Conchita, will one day become very important for the entire church. And one of the reasons, end quote, the, one of the reasons I believe that is because she's a wife and a mother, and she's one of the greatest mystical writers, but she lived out this um, union with the Lord in the midst of the domestic church, in the in the midst of ordinary daily life, um, she was a witness to holiness in all states of life. She was born on December 8th in um, uh, 1862, and she died on March 3rd in 1937. So it hasn't been that long. She was 74 years old when she died. So she was single 21 years. She was married 17 years to Francesco, who she called Bancho, um, and she was widowed 36 years. So the majority of her life, you know, the, as a, she lived as a widow, um, she's the mother of nine, and she suffered the loss of four of her children. 
Um, and then the one of her sons became a priest, one became a nun. Uh, that nun ended up dying, and the others got married. So she was a grandmother, and a grandmother of 12 children. And throughout her life, because of her close relationship with the Lord, she leaned on priests. She never relied on her prayer life and her spiritual life, uh, understanding what it was. She always went to the local priest to say, this is what's happening in my interior life and help me to know if this is, you know, real. This is a big lesson for us. I think that God speaks to us. God, we have this relationship with the Lord, but going to the priest, getting that spiritual direction, that confirmation, it was very important for her, Blessed Conchita, to stay with the church at all times. And because of these mystical experiences that she had, which we'll get into later, um, you know, she wanted to have it confirmed by Holy Mother Church, which is a beautiful lesson for us. She founded five uh, works of the cross, um, and she was a prophet. She was speaking the word of God for a new Pentecost in the church, um, the coming of the Holy Spirit, but initially coming through those on the forefront of the church, and that is the priest. So she spoke about and prophesied about a priestly Pentecost, and that the priest would lead the entire church into this new Pentecost, this era where the Holy Spirit would truly reign uh, in the church. Um, but, you know, so that our listeners know that it wasn't all sweetness and, you know, and ecstasy in her life, her spirituality is love crucified. The The very foundation of her life is one on the cross, one of union with the Lord. And she, what, what I appreciate is that she never separates love and sacrifice. She equates love with sacrifice. So she sacrificed herself to serve her husband and to serve her children and to serve the priests and the church, uh, putting God first, putting him right in the midst of her household. So I think she's a very beautiful model for all of all women. I think that that love and sacrifice is a message so important for today. I mean, I you know, I see in myself like living this Western affluent culture that we are in. It can easily get we can I can easily get soft. I can easily just kind of, you know, you know, not remember that. And then when suffering comes, I have to be reminded of that. And I think you know, like young moms too. You know, raising kids, it's sometimes hard to to understand that that's that's the holiness that God is calling you to them to, and. um just the beauty of what comes from that sacrifice united to love on the cross is the blessings are immeasurable. And would you say that was part of why she uh, delved, got deeper in her mysticism was because of that understanding? Well, I think, I think that what really uh, captured her heart and imagination was an experience of Jesus that she had when she was six years old. So at that point, that was just the defining moment in her life. And she had, she called it a dream. And we don't know if it was a vision or, or, or uh, exactly what it was, but she said in a dream, she saw the Lord 
and she and he came to her and and she just said that she was just captivated by him and that never left her and that's how why we know it's authentic from that moment on she had the sense in that dream or vision or that experience of the Lord Jesus Christ and his beauty and and that he was what what moved her was that Jesus was so real and he was alive and he was very alive. And as a child, she was thinking, you know, he, he really is alive and he's permeating everything. And so that stayed with her and it, it captured her heart and imagination in this way. She understood that God knew her, that Jesus knew her, that he called her that he was interacting with her. So then Jesus became like a constant companion for her. She was always aware of his presence, that she wasn't alone, that she was known and she's loved. And and that's what's so beautiful because she helps us to, to let God love us. That's what the beauty of Conchita is, is let God love you. And she wasn't afraid of that divine intimacy. But when we get close to Jesus, you and I both know that we follow a Lord who says, pick up your cross daily. And um, and his heart and is pierced and he was crucified. So his love is very much a crucified love. And that's what she wanted to imitate. Hmm. You know, when you say crucified, almost the word that comes to mind is purifying, mm-hmm. like yeah. pur- purifying love. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And she lived, you know, you know, she lived all the vocations, single, um, you know, she had, well, she was a wife, a mother and a spiritual mother. Um, now, I don't know, was she actually a sister herself? I know she started a, a sisterhood. She was not. And, and, you no. know, I think that that's so important because she would start and initiate and inspire these things. And then she'd go home. Mm. It was an ache in her heart. She loved the sisters. She, I think when she was a widow, she wished she could stay with them, but she always knew that her vocation was wife and mother. She'd go back home and was always steadfast in her own vocation. So, you know, I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful thing for us to remember. The Lord may call us and inspire us to begin things, but we always return to our foundation, which is our vocation. And for most of us as women, it's a, mother and a wife. I think what's important too, is that on the night that she was uh, married that, that day at the, at the um, reception, she asked her husband for the favor of allowing her to go to daily mass and, and adoration and not to become jealous of her relationship with the Lord. And so Francesco said, yes, I vow to you that you will, I want you to go every day. And even he said, she said when kids were sick and, and she wasn't going to go, he would say, you go Conchita to mass. He kept, he was like a St. Joseph keeping her in that going to being able to go to um, sometimes at her time, there wouldn't be a daily mass, but she would get to the tabernacle and pray. Wow. Wow. I mean, well, where I was going was all those different ways that we can relate to her in her womanhood in her different vocations. Um, You know, there are little sufferings. They don't have to be huge, but little sufferings. And I think, you know, it eased probably her marriage. It eased, um, you know, any of those little sufferings to be able to do that kind of, to be, able to live out going to mass every day and having a, a holy marriage like that. Well, you know, we're, 
we're coming up against a break. Actually, we're a little over here. So um, you're listening to Catholic Women Now with Chris Magruder and Julie Nelson. We're talking to Kathleen Beckman today about her book, Beautiful Holiness. When we come back, we will have more to learn about Blessed Conchita. I don't think men have ever been as lonely as they are today. And it's easy to get depressed about it. Where are the kind of guys I hung out with in college? Everybody's too busy. No one makes time for one another. Workplaces and neighborhoods, they're just too transient to form meaningful connections. You know what? Maybe that's all true. But if you really want to know what the problem is, look in the mirror. Instead of whining, you need to become the change you want to see in the world by becoming the kind of friend you wish you had. Think of the qualities of your ideal friend. Seriously, think of a list of what that person would look like. Now, you ready for this? Go and be that friend to somebody. But to who? This person has this flaw, that person has that flaw. <laughs> Stop that. Be the friend you wish you had, and I promise you, you'll form the friendships you've been missing. The world is a lonely place. You have the power to fix that. This is Chris Stefanik. For more of our men's program, visit reallifecatholic.com. Welcome back to Catholic Women Now here in Iowa Catholic Radio, where we're visiting with Kathleen Beckman about her latest book, Beautiful Holiness, A Spiritual Journey with Blessed Conchita to the, Conchita to the Heart of Jesus. Yes. So Kathleen, I have a question. Um, Blessed Conchita was a mystic, and somehow she didn't seem to allow her earthly duties to be interfered with, and yet she had time to go higher and deeper. She wrote over 60,000 writings, and her kids didn't even seem to know she was a writer. I mean, I keep asking myself, how is that possible? Well, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, first of all, those writings were penned over her lifetime. Mm -hmm. So from her youth until she died, she was writing. Okay. So it was through all the phases. A lot of that writing may have been done after the children were grown and she was an empty nester, if you will, and her husband had died. But uh during the time when she was raising the family, a lot of those writings were done nocturnally. They were done at night. She had long uh, nights of prayer and sacrifice and dialogues with the Lord during the evening, during the night when the rest of the family would sleep. So that's why a lot of it was hidden. Um, and, and her husband so so valued this that he, he understood it and um, he never asked like he never asked her to share what those writings were about and she would just share it with her spiritual director. She never intended for any of this to be public. She uh, actually kept a spiritual diary, which she called her account of conscious, which was just conscious to take to her um, spiritual director to make sure that he would say, you are hearing really from God. And so she wanted to burn the, um, the, the, you know, um, diaries and of course he wouldn't let her so it was a very much um a, a beautiful experience of the lord but a lot of time nocturnally she did not they did, never interfered with her daily duties of cooking and cleaning and though she would experience jesus she said when she was cooking he would often say don't forget about me and he would say she would say but lord i have to i have to cook for my family and he said yes do so but remember that i am here with you and so it was just offer this up to me and she would offer up the sewing 
the cooking. You know, she wanted to be involved in her husband's business in the sense that she wanted to know her husband's business so that he could share with her and he could she could counsel him and he would value her opinion so her spirituality is exceedingly practical you know i'll get to know my husband's business so that when he wants to speak to me about it he will value my opinion about it you know and so when we read in the first part of the book that i wrote um her her the way she interacted with her family what I learned in research and writing it was that she is exceedingly focused on the salvation of the soul of her husband and her children. Her mm -hmm. letters to her children, she wrote the most exquisite letters in, when, they, when they were going to get married, when one was going to become a priest, these letters encouraging them with, and it was all about encouraging them to never forget Jesus, that Jesus loves them. And it, it's just stunning. Uh, and to just the last thing I want to say about mystic so that your listeners understand um, a mystic can be described according to the church as one who encounters God through sacramental life. Okay. And contemplation. So through uh, sacraments and prayer, and it's a person whose spiritual life progresses towards um, transforming union with the Lord. And we're all called to that. If we look at Mary, She's a mystic. If we look at Jesus, he's a mystic. He prayed to the Father. If we look at the saints, we can say they were all mystics. So we shouldn't be afraid of the word mysticism as long as it is authentic. Um, but it's one who thinks about and ponders the mysteries of God. Does that help? She really, she yeah. really has given us a witness to how to bring Jesus into the everyday life. Yes. You, know, yes. you know, sometimes you, you kind of tend to do your devotions and you put it on the shelf and then you're, you go on with your life, but just to invite him in during the day of everything you do. Well, one last thing here before um, we're up against the clock, but I noticed, we noticed that you put a lot of the quotes from her diary in, in your book, rather than doing an exegesis of what she said, was there, a, can you explain why that, that was intentional on your part? Yes, um, the, that's a question that uh, my wonderful publisher, Sophia Institute Press, asked me. And because this is the writings, the words of the Lord to a mystic, to Conchita, I just didn't feel comfortable paraphrasing it. Um, and so I really um, pressed forward with the help of Father Domenico. We wanted Conchita's voice to shine through this book, not filtered by my own voice. Now I make commentary, as you notice, I will give, a, there's a quote from Conchita and then I will make a commentary. Um, but I didn't feel comfortable since these words are from Jesus and Mary to blessed Conchita. And I think that they need to shine through in the book. And I think they do. I would like to say personally, I like praying with the saints because they teach me how to pray when I pray with the words, like you said, Jesus gave to them. Yeah, they inspire. Mm -hmm. They definitely mm -hmm. inspire. Well, we're coming up against the clock now. Um, Kathleen, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure again to have you on. Um, you. And and friends, we are going to close out with a prayer. Julia, it's your turn. <laughs> and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, I just ask for the intercession of Blessed Conchita. Blessed Conchita, just pray for us as women, as wives, as mothers to to be open to the graces to to make those sacrifices with love and to give us the desire for the desire to make us sacrifices with love and to to serve our families and help us to always keep in mind 
that is about the souls of our family and the souls for ourselves eventually. Lord Jesus, just pour those graces upon us and open our hearts. And we ask this in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. In the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now go do impossible things with God. Today's Catholic Women on the Voice for Catholic Women Now, Iowa Catholic Radio. Iowa.